0: of Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope everyone is having a good week. I've been feeling really motivated creatively with all of the shows I've been binging. Y'all know how much I love TV. And in the last week, I've watched Dollface, Good Trouble, High Fidelity, Shrill, and it's just awesome seeing so many well-written shows that reflect Complex, emotionally diverse, wacky, incredible, talented, gifted women, and and emphasis is on diverse too. Like seriously, these are all just really interesting characters, and I love that art and pop culture show real women with so many flaws and struggles that don't surround men. And on top of that, like friends who really reflect what our friends look like and act like, and that's what happens when. You let people tell their own stories. It's really refreshing and motivated. I highly recommend all of these. If you need to just go watch some TV and let your brain just kind of decompress from all the bullshit of the world, I highly recommend all of these. They're great. Um, Most of these are actually, yeah, these are all on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, hey, you've you've got a list of shows to watch, I guess. Um, But yeah, with that in mind, there's a lot of people who are really writing and creating so much that is uniquely theirs. And this week's guest is... Absolutely that, and so much more. Um, Sarah Fung, who has mastered sharing intimate, impactful, and crucial moments, has this really awesome project, Frames. She joined this week to talk about being cheesy, her songwriting, the heavy moments behind some of her music, also how she's transforming Frames into a full band, along with so much more. Um, Just as a heads up, there is some discussion of heavy subjects like addiction at around the 37-minute mark to about the 40-minute mark. So um, this is a content warning if you do need to skip past it. But anyway, um, Sarah is an incredible musician with tons of excellent stories for how she's put together her music and even the really fun videos she has out for stay. So with that, let's hear some more frames and then get into the interview.
1: sidewalk if it's only you and me then I don't want to talk take me out and bring me down so you can get by I don't fall but I can't promise that
0: Sarah to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going?
2: Thanks for having me. Um, I'm good. Just been keeping my head down and practicing and preparing for these shows coming up.
0: Oh, yeah, you've got shows coming up. Is it mostly local or remind me, is it a
2: tour? Um, We just played a local show that was like kind of our show with a Mm -hmm. bunch of uh, friends, and then this weekend we're going to play in Brooklyn. Um, somewhere in northern New Jersey and then Lancaster, Pennsylvania nice so, big weekend. yeah, big
0: weekend for frames for sure that's so awesome um, i'm I'm really excited for you. Those are gonna probably be some awesome shows too.
2: yeah, it's cool because um, our recent local show was the first show with this new lineup, which is now effectively the permanent lineup because every show before that, I had a different bassist and drummer that I was just borrowing for the show. So it's really nice to like not have to scramble and worry about that anymore. So I'm excited. We have a pretty solid group. And I feel like this is the frames that it should be. That's exciting for you to be able to take a
0: project that you've really grown yourself and get the right people involved has got to be amazing for you.
2: Yeah, I feel like I planted the seed of frames and kind of like did the the like infant stage of it, but then bringing in my friends that are my bandmates now, they like provided all the nourishment. So I feel like the next record is going to be fully bloomed. I That was a really cheesy metaphor, but that's exactly how I feel. And I guess I do need people to know that I'm genuinely cheesy person. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Hey, that metaphor, growth and flower and
0: just plant metaphors work for a reason. So I forget about it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm shamelessly cheesy. I don't care. I
0: love it. I'm a fan of cheesiness, puns, all of it. So bring it. (laughs) So I'm really stoked to talk to you about all the work that you're doing with your music. And I got to start with how did you personally, first get involved in music and start playing?
2: That's a long story, but I'll try to put it in a nutshell. Um, I don't know. It's just like, there's no way of saying it without sounding kind of contrived, but like, it was just, it was a part of me since I was really young. Like, my mom loved singing growing up, so it started out as like, I'm like seven years old and I'm like, I want to be a singer. I want to be a pop star. And then my uncle gave me a guitar when I was nine. So I started teaching myself and around when I was 15, 16 was when I really started like songwriting and learning how to play better. And um, a few years ago, I met some people that are now my friends and just like one person would lead to another person. And I, was getting a lot of help from people that saw that I like wrote songs and recorded, but I wasn't really pursuing it and I didn't have any channels to. So a lot of people were like, hey, you should link up with this person. Hey, we should link up. Like, let's play, let's record. And then I met Levi and then I recorded Curse and it kind of, it's been happening very explosively. Everything went down in the past 365 days. Wow. Yeah, it's really exciting for you. I love to hear that. Yeah, it was just many years of being like, oh, music is just my hobby. I'm just going to like make voice memos in my bedroom. And then suddenly now I'm like, "Okay, uh, we're playing in a different state and we're selling shirts to feed ourselves what is going on?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so amazing. And it's exciting whenever that kind of momentum happens that kind of quickly, because then I'm sure it keeps you motivated and excited for what you're working on too.
2: Yeah, I I definitely need like excitement and things to look forward to, because I'm a very unmotivated, depressed person. (laughs) So like, I need to be future oriented. I need to be like, oh, I have to get this done. I have to do this thing. I have to get ready for this thing. And it's really nice that like, this project has been so active because I have that, like, I have to record, I have to play, I have to film. And it's, it's the only thing that makes sense to me, Mm -hmm. like my music, because it's something that comes from me. And I have people like with me that are supportive and a part of it. And I feel like, I am showing a lot of myself, but I'm not really like on a pedestal, you know?
0: Right. That makes sense because, I mean, it, it forces you to kind of like be introspective and do that on your terms, it sounds like, too.
2: Yeah. I don't really know what I'm saying now. I'm kind of just like <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> we all fall like into it and I love so it. Important. <laughs> <laughs> Not too
0: important though, because no pedestal.
2: <laughs> nope. I don't know. I, I hope, I hope one day I will be the most important person on this planet and then no one can talk <laughs> down to me ever again. We all want. That's like
0: a reasonable thing to <laughs> ask for. Honestly, it's just like, just high enough to where people don't talk down to you. Right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm very reasonable. Believe me, I just want to be better than you. <laughs> I love it. That's not too much to ask, okay?
0: <laughs> um, I love hearing about kind of like your uh, attitudes toward music, though, because like um, I think about how when I got digging into a little bit more of your background and stuff, it's like you grew up with such interesting influences for music, like 40s pop. Yeah. Like heavy music and stuff. Can you talk about like some of the musicians and people who kind of like influenced you and your
2: taste in music? Uh, if I had to boil down what my taste is like, I would have to cite when I was around nine, ten years old and I made the leap, the leap from Avril Lavigne to Slipknot. It, I'm not even. <laughs> That's not, like, an exaggeration or embellishment. That was literally, like, how it happened in that wow. order. First, I was 9 or 10, I guess, and I was, like, Avril Lavigne's great. And I think, like, the second I entered middle school, I was, like, Slipknot all the way, every day, can't stop. And I, it. Got, into, <laughs> I got into hardcore music when I was in my teens, but I never let go of, like, cheesy, poppy music. I just was closeted about it because – it wasn't cool then, you know? Like I feel like only in the past year or two, people started being more earnest and genuine and not trying too hard to be cool and play it cool. So right. now people, grown adults, are proudly fans of like Carly Ray Jepsen and the Jonas Brothers. And I'm like, yes, why wasn't it like this all along? I had to pretend to like these shitty hardcore bands <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to be cool. No,
0: I feel that. It's really funny because, like, somebody I talked to last year on um, the pod, we ended up gushing about, like, Hilary Duff for a bit and, like, all these, yes. like, incredible, like, pop acts in the 2000s, but it's, like, people kind of made us feel, like, I, I feel a little ashamed of, like, enjoying pop music, and it's, like, no, that stuff was, like, jams even back then, and, like, I remember getting old enough to, like, realize, I'm, like, hey, it's okay to, like, just love Beyonce and, like, Gaga and... You know, yeah. they make good music. It's a you don't have to apologize for that, and it's huge.
2: And you want to know something really funny? In full circle, you mentioned Hillary Duff. Um, her husband right now is in this band. I forgot the name of the band. It's like uh, something bowling league, Winnetka Bowling League, or something like that. What? And yeah, that band is like in the kind of indie pop rock circuit, and that's wild. I'm like, whoa, this is this simulation is like laughing in my face right now because (laughs) Hilary Duff as an actress and as an artist was a huge part of my growing up, probably more than I realize or would like to admit. But yeah, like I you know, I watched Lizzie McGuire and I was a huge fan of her pop songs for like Disney radio songs. And then her husband now is in this like indie band that plays with bands that I'm friends with. And I'm just like, this is exciting. I am one degree of separation from Hilary Duff. <laughs> it keeps I getting closer. Her. Yeah, that's wild. Hilary, if you hear this, please be my friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> please be my friend too. Geez, like I, I would be mind boggled <laughs> if I had Hillary Duff listening to my podcast. I mean, I've mentioned her enough times. I feel like over the last six months that I'm sure it's gonna just like summon her into, ex- into my existence is probably the best way to describe that. <laughs>
2: I'm just gonna tag the shit out of her on all my posts now and just like comment on every single photo like hello notice me excuse me ma'am until she like (laughs) blocks me or something. That's fantastic
0: yeah um well it's cool that you kind of like regained kind of your love for pop music because um you've put your own twist it seems like on some pop but like that's not your genre at
2: all really
0: like how would you describe your sound?
2: This is the hardest question that I get all the time i think that i think that the way a singer sounds is kind of what like embeds the genre of the whole project Mm
1: -hmm. so i
2: think that if i had if i had a deep masculine voice if i was a guy we would probably be lumped more into like diy rock categories um, but I think because I kind of have a softer, higher voice, it's it's going to come across poppy no matter what the music sounds like. Mm,
0: that's interesting. So,
2: but I think that's cool, though, because with my, I do love heavy music, and I grew up with a lot of it on my playlist, but I also love pop, and I kind of tie those two together, or I hope so, because that would be cool, and I also have like a heavy folk background, not like old bluegrass folk, but, you know, back in the day of Boney Bear and Iron and Wine. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people point that out where like my songs at face value are really poppy, Mm -hmm. but the structures are pretty folky. And everything that I write about is pretty like Mm heartache-y. So I, I don't know if I had to put it into a few words, I always say, alt-pop indie rock, because Mm. it spans both of those subgenres. It's a little poppy, it's a little rock. I don't know, call it whatever you want.
0: (laughs) You know, it's my favorite whenever I can't pin an artist to a genre, and it's indescribable in that way, and I felt that way about your music, because it's like, um, it reminded me of some artists that I really enjoy, but they, like you, are difficult to put into a genre. It's just like, maybe y'all can just go get together and form your own genre, because it's like, uh, you remind me of like, uh, oh, I think, I think we're frozen here. Sorry. Um, like some of the sounds that you make, it kind of reminds me of like, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with some of these indie rock artists and stuff, but like a, uh, a pedal or a Kississippi almost kind of sound at sometimes, but also like, it's so distinctive that I'm like, I, I don't know, but <laughs> that, that's what I like about your music is like, I can't guess.
2: Yeah, maybe we can just all not talk about what genre it might be because I I think that especially now
1: mm-hmm.
2: um a lot of a lot of artists that are like, you know, below top 40s level, mm-hmm. there are a lot of genres that are overlapped. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. I think it's really cool when you can't um exactly put a category on something. So, it's okay to give Vague uh descriptions like "oh, it's poppy" or like "oh, it's kind of heavy," mm-hmm. and just go from there. Like, make people listen to it. Don't tell. Don't tell people exactly what it is. Just make them listen to it. Like, right. So, what genre is Frames? I don't know, man. Go check
1: it out.
0: I usually end up just being like, just listen. When it comes to like artists like you, where I'm just like, they're great. Just listen, and then they're like, oh, you're right, and I'm like, true, and then the whole conversation goes from there.
2: Yeah. Maybe I'll just stop answering that question. I'll just be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The I have yes. no idea. I just make the sounds. <laughs> I just make sounds. I don't know what I'm doing. You, you figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: Um, So I know that you mentioned that you've had some like friends that have kind of helped you kind of cultivate what is Frames now. But like, how did you kind of start Frames? What was kind of your process in developing, um, your sound in yourself?
2: Ooh, I have no idea. I, I think that everything that I write, um, a lot of times I'll listen back we like, I'll be playing a song that I wrote at a certain time and I'll remember what I was listening to that influenced me to write it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's apparent. Sometimes it's only apparent to me, but, I cycle through different artists very rapidly. So whenever I have like a really intense phase of listening to a certain artist or certain few artists, um, whatever I write during that time ends up kind of sounding like that. Mm -hmm. And like, for instance, with Stay, I was listening to a ton of um, Now Now, Frankie Cosmo's like really bedroom pop. Like clicky, poppy songs, and I was in a situation thing where I had a lot of feelings. And so when the feelings came out, it came out sounding like the stuff that I was listening to. And I think that I'm pretty happy with it. And then I have some other songs that aren't as poppy, mm-hmm. like bass, the sad yeah. things. <laughs> bass is pretty obviously like oh this girl just discovered Phoebe Bridgers and now she's sad too (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what happened I had I had written other songs like that before but it wasn't until I heard a certain artist that like I was like oh this sounds right and it wasn't even like I'm trying to mimic an artist it was just Mm -hmm. like when I hear someone else doing this that this thing that I. I'm trying to do, it makes sense. And I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one doing this thing. Mm. I'll be a part of this circle of artists that sound this way. I like that, though, because
0: it's like you put your own spin on something that gets you really excited and creative, because, like, you are obviously playing with these sounds on your own, but it's like, it kind of gives you that inspiration to put your twist on it further, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, maybe it's because I taught myself guitar from just playing songs by artists I liked so Mm. now whenever I write it tends to in one way or another mimic whatever I'm listening to at the time Mm. but I'm sure a lot of people write that way like a lot of people will hear a riff and it gets stuck in their head or a melody and then they like write something kind of based on that or similar to it it happens all the time
0: Yeah that makes sense to me. Um, Were there any particular artists that like you were listening to a lot of throughout putting together Cursed or was it just kind of varied from song to song?
2: It was pretty varied because the timeline of those songs um, is all over the place. Like I think the oldest song on Cursed was last Last Year or House Show. Those two songs were written about the same time um in like 2015 and then the most recently written song was I think Hell and that was in like 2018 maybe like fall of 2018 so I was listening to a lot of things in those three years yeah um I'm sure that if I'm sure someone with like similar taste to mine would pick up on it and hear a song and be like, Oh, she was definitely listen to, listening to a lot of this when she wrote this. And I'm curious to see if anyone does figure it
0: out. That sounds like fun. I like kind of starting to hear the influences and also like the stories of um, different songs and stuff. So I'll have fun definitely unpacking the different artists I think could have influenced you throughout the way. I want to go back and listen and play that with myself and be like, Oh, yeah. yeah. What do I think she was listening to?
2: Fun game. What was I listening to?
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, and I think stuff like that is definitely what I love about a record. But I feel like um, what I really like about Cursed is you're very um, transparent. I feel like they're about a lot of experiences that you've had. Like, you're not afraid to talk about the struggles that you've had with, like, relationships and such. Um, but... Before we kind of dig into that aspect of it, I'm kind of wondering, how did you land on the name Cursed for your EP?
2: It's it's the first word in the song last year, the the last track on the record. And yeah, I couldn't really figure out what to name it, but I felt like, first of all, I knew that last year would be the last song. It just felt like a very last song on an album type of song. Mm -hmm. And I, I was trying to sum up those songs as best I could since they're not really a cohesive story. It's just some are poppy, upbeat, love songs. Some are kind of downer, like, you loser, you ruined my life kind of songs. <laughs> um, and I was thinking, like, I go through these high highs and low lows of feeling like, wow, I'm super blessed. And then I'm like, wow, I'm cursed. I'm damned. So, um, I just felt like cursed. like this is this is a, a list of songs about how I'm cursed with falling madly in love with people that don't really care about me. Um, and it's cool because I think I've left that chapter of my life. so it's it's cool to have this collection of songs that's about that part of my life, and it's mm-hmm. it can stay there. And I can appreciate it and learn from it, but I don't feel cursed anymore. Like, I think when I put the EP out was when I was like, yes, I was cursed, but I am no longer.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. You've broken the freaking spell. It's now your growth and it's like you have the ability to look back on these things.
2: Yeah, it was also like um, a few of the songs were about the same ex, my last ex and that was definitely a cursed thing that whole relationship i was just like not good not happy this is cursed this is this sucks very sucky Mm -hmm. um and i broke the spell when i got out of that and i also like started writing really cool songs from that that's the that's always the
0: Upside of going through those kind of rough experiences is like when you're a creative, sometimes you can heal by creating your music and stuff and have opportunity that comes out of it in spite of the bullshit that you had to go through.
2: Yeah, I'm a crybaby though, so (laughs) I might not go through as much bullshit as I pretend to, maybe maybe I'm really tough and go through more than I think. Maybe I'm really weak and I'm just like, well, I'm a damsel in distress. It's all
0: about perspective, honestly. I'll start kind of with maybe stay. Um, One of the things I loved about the song and the video is it kind of like gave this like kind of cozy vibe to it as you were trying to kind of like plead with this like relationship possible lover in that way of like, you know, coaxing that closeness and that intimacy. Was that something you were trying to kind of both convey in the song and the video?
2: So I didn't come up with any of the concept for the video. It just mm-hmm. happened to work out perfectly for what I felt in the song. Oh, okay. um, so uh, Hunter who directed it, he, I guess he was just like, yeah, let's make this like an intimate setting. Let's make it comfortable. And you know, it's just like you talking to your, long distance romance. And we filmed it in Rick's house. Rick was the cameraman. And um, I at first I was like, I don't know if this is what I wanted. But afterward, I was like, this is exactly how it should look. Because it's about someone that I was FaceTiming every night and like texting and calling all the time and never really hanging out with. So a lot of that, it wasn't a relationship, but a lot of that, like, situation, Mm -hmm. our interactions happened with me at home, me in bed, me sitting around, like, you know, if, if we were still using cord telephones, I would, I would be twirling a cord like I was in the video, Mm -hmm. um, so it worked out perfectly, uh, I remember, what was it, I was in pajamas, oh my gosh, so I, like, I decided what to wear, and I brought a bunch of crazy outfits. I was like, here's this uh, like short kind of skimpy club athletic outfit. I, I don't really know what it is. And then here's this like sequin dress with a matching sequin cardigan. And then here's satin PJs. And I want to wear all of it. And everyone was pretty accommodating. They're like, yeah, wear whatever you want. And I was like, okay. And I was wearing my pajamas in a windowsill. And I think like, I think those shots were the most, um, they, they really conveyed how the song should feel or how mm-hmm. it felt to me was like wearing something very comfortable, sitting in a windowsill, just like, when will my husband return from war? Because <laughs> that's, that's the vibe of the song is longing for someone that's really far away from you.
0: I love that. I love that you were able to capture that through a video. And I feel like it just kind of brought the feelings that I heard first, because I listened to the song first. And then I went and I watched the video. And I was just like, "Um, yeah, it brought it to life in a really special way.
2: Yeah, I'm glad that it looks as cool as it does. Um, It was my first time really being on camera, especially Mm. like, for a video where it's my own song and I'm singing my own words. So I, when I watch it, I can see the parts where I'm awkward or like, I feel like I'm being awkward. And then I see the parts where I'm like, okay, I've had a couple white claws there, so I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) But most of it, I'm like, God damn it. Why am I so nervous all the time? Like I'm not a shy person, but for some reason when it comes to my music, I'm always like, don't look at me.
0: Yeah, it's it's that intimacy that, like, music and art does where it's like, oh, yeah, I've just, like, shared a lot. And especially when there's a camera involved, I, I don't – this is different because we're, like, we're – I recorded, like, a video chat. But, like, if I was, like, recording to, like, more audience, I'd be, like, completely shut down.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think maybe just because it's the most important thing in my life <laughs> – ever right. since I was a kid. I'm pretty sensitive about it. So I'm like, I want people to like what I'm saying and doing. I want people to like what I'm writing. And I, I get really bummed thinking about anyone that might not like it, but I can't be that way. Like as an artist, you cannot expect everyone to like what you're doing and you can't take it. Uh, you can't be offended when even your own friends might not be as supportive as you would wish, as you wish they would be. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You just got to keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it for yourself, I guess. That's what we all tell ourselves, right?
0: Right, exactly. And I mean, it's great that you do have a good support system and stuff and, you know, you're able to kind of open yourself up. Um, to write these songs and stuff because I mean it's funny because you talked about earlier really loving heavy music and though your sound doesn't come across as like sonically heavy you definitely convey the same emotions that you would find in heavy music and stuff like I felt that pretty big time in like bass in particular where that was like a heavy subject matter about like feeling broken and trying to like fix somebody else who is broken and like lost, it seems like in that way too. And, um, I just thought I was like, this is the heavy side. I feel like coming out in a way.
2: Yeah, I think I have, um, well, I know I have some pretty brutal lines that I kind of lace into these soft songs. Mm -hmm. And I, I like when people point it out to me, because I'm like, okay, that means that it's having the the effect that I want it to have. I want something that is sonically p- pleasing, but when you listen to the subject matter, you're like, oh shit, that hurt. Yeah, like um I listen to um a lot of <laughs> like Acacia Strain, Winds of Plague, August Burns Red, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of bands and that type, that genre, all they write about is just like, they say really brutal things. They're just like, I'm going to run you over with my car and then go home and sleep well all night. And that's not exactly what I say or write about. But like in hell, I say, will you suffer for your cause, drink it from a glass? And that's a Jim Jones reference. I don't know if anyone out there has caught that. But that was, yeah, that was the drink the Kool-Aid reference. Mm -hmm. I forgot the full story why that was part of that song. Um, But yeah, I'm not scared to say really harsh things that hurt because it hurt me. So you should see it too. Right. And I mean,
0: one of the things that stuck out to me, especially with like Vase, was like the whole blue lips concept that Mm -hmm. is like imprinted on my brain for some reason, and Mm
2: -hmm.
0: was that something that like you were hoping would kind of like strike at the listener a little bit because that one for some reason that's the one like line that's like fixated in my head when I listen to that song I like almost wait for it every time I listen to it
2: uh yeah I don't know if I don't know how people will interpret interpret that lyric I kind of didn't think about what I was saying while I was writing it and then listening back or like reading back after I wrote that song I was like, I hope no one thinks that I mean, I'm not talking about someone that actually died. I'm talking about someone that almost died. Mm-hmm. Um, my ex had uh, a drug problem. Mm-hmm. And after we were broken up, but we were still friends, we were hanging out and he, I was asking him how he was doing and if he was you know, staying clean. And one day he told me that he had recently overdosed Um, so badly that he was rushed to the ER. And um, I think he like technically or clinically died for a few minutes and was resuscitated. And that was really scary because, you know, he's still my friend. I still care about him a lot as a friend, but I was also in love with this person and I don't like seeing that. And that was like a huge, huge issue in our relationship was the drugs thing. Um, and he said, he said those words to me. He said, yeah, my lips turned blue and everything. So when I wrote that song, I said, I heard that your lips turned blue. And the feeling that I got was, I felt helpless. I was like, I can't, you can't make someone better. You know, addiction is a horrible thing. And a lot of it is on the person. Mm -hmm. You can only be so supportive, but it's on them to fix themselves. And I was just like, I can't do anything. I feel like I don't have enough resources to help you. I don't have enough of anything. Like I wish I could just snap my fingers and make it go away, but I can't do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I got that from the song in many ways of the whole, you want to help, but there's nothing you can do except for really, it sounds like take care of yourself in that situation. So like, you know, you can be supportive, but there's only so much you can do. And Um, That kind of honesty, especially with that type of song, was just really powerful.
2: Yeah, I I hope that people can appreciate it for what it is and not think that it's meant to be a sad song. It's just about a sad thing, but it's mostly a self-reflection. Just like, I really wish I could fix you, but I think I have to fix myself too.
0: Right, I love that so much, and it's powerful and I feel like you're able to accomplish so many powerful things through your lyrics. the sounds that you make like um burden opening the record was just the just the sounds that you're making it felt very um for some for a song that sometimes felt like almost like a little bit accusatory, it also felt like very um upbeat and kind of like uplifting where it's just like you're kind of I'm trying to find the best words for it, but you kinda of just like were pushing that kind of conversation. I found it
2: fascinating. I love that you use the word accusatory because I've tried to put burden in a box. I've never I'm like, damn, this this song is kind of it's a little heavy when you listen to the words. Like I'm talking, I'm saying all these things. I'm like, yeah, you did that. I'm not surprised. Right. Um, but the sound is pretty poppy. And if you weren't listening to the to the words you would be dancing like, Oh, this tune is great. Mm -hmm. And, um, what the chorus goes, uh, don't forget my name. I'm the one who raised you. I'm not sure I forgave you. I just love saying that I raised someone because I think that is like a big trend in, um, heteronormative relationships. A lot of times the girl tends to like, I feel like women are held to a higher standard of mm-hmm. emotional maturity and it's like we're expected to stick around while the guy is figuring himself out but like there's never a romantic story about a girl that's broke and useless and a guy with everything being like let me take care of you it's usually like women have to be together and we have to date a guy that doesn't even have bed sheets <sighs> that's nightmare fuel.
0: That <laughs> is straight up nightmare fuel. Cause it's <laughs> it's like, you almost have to like, I, I hate it. I've, I can't do the whole maternal aspect of a relationship. It drives me bonkers.
1: So mm-hmm. like
0: the idea of being anything that requires you to care for somebody else in that way, whenever that person's supposed to be your equal, just no. Um, and I, and I feel like, um, that song Burden was just like so empowering in that way because you're refusing to let that person be a burden literally in your life and like hearing about all their like for lack of better word, to put it, fuck-ups after mm-hmm. the fact just yeah. is, like it, it's empowering in a way because it's like great that, that's your problem now kind of attitude and it's nice.
2: Yeah and I have just a glimpse of like um silver lining in there because mm-hmm. it is a lot of like you are an idiot. You are immature. You ruined my life. I'm not happy about it. I'm not forgiving you, but I do still think about you from time to time because I learned something from you. And what I learned is that I should never date anyone like you again. Right. And I totally got that
0: vibe too. Cause it's like, you know, it's that whole like self-resolution that you get out of the bullshit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm. It's, it's like, damn that part of my life was really turbulent and I was I was with an asshole but I can think back on it fondly knowing that I'm a better person because of it and I'm just a little bit stronger and I won't put up with that again right and I I'm always thinking like I wonder how he's doing but I don't really care (laughs) no it's one of
0: those like quick afterthought kind of things
2: yeah I was like I wonder what he's up to do I actually care not really hope he's alive that's about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just don't okay. be dead. That's really that's yeah, really matters, okay.
0: I suppose. Kind of
2: harsh, but yeah.
0: Sometimes you have those feelings though. Whenever you go through that kind of shit. So I mean, I just yeah, and I respect so much that you opened up so much about this stuff. That's like huge and
2: really special. So thank you. Thank you for asking really good questions. I I feel like I have so much to say, and I wish that people would ask more specific. Mm -hmm. questions about specific songs because I'm like oh my god I can't wait to share about this like this is how I felt this is what I was talking about Mm -hmm. because I want whoever's listening to know that these situations are really common and it's okay to be transparent about them and it's okay to like bear your wounds for people and be like I went through this can we like just can you just witness me right now and like make (laughs) me feel like I'm not alone Right. So I think me bearing my wounds is actually kind of witnessing other people with the same wounds.
0: Absolutely. I felt that way actually listening to your music because I mean, I'm sure you can tell I've been through that shit too. Bless you. My dog just sneezed. <laughs> uh, you okay there, bud? Okay. I think you're done season now.
2: <laughs> Does you have anything to ask me? <laughs> Bear, do you have any questions for Sarah?
0: i think he, i think that was just a passing on of a kiss okay, <laughs> <thank you>. um <laughs> yeah uh so if anything i felt very seen very heard very understood through your music in that way honestly because uh yeah it's it's all relatable shit i've i've been through those kind of situations and it sucks and Um, it's meaningful to have music that understands that experience and know that there's somebody else out there who's been through that and who's grown from it, especially the fact that you're able to like, you know, craft it into this really meaningful art and have the friends that support you while you're making it and stuff. That's huge. And that's probably the best takeaway I could get out of it.
2: Yeah, that's really good. And I'm really glad that you feel that way because I, this is like lighthearted and kind of a joke, but I think about saying things like, I write music for girls dating men without a bed frame. Leave him. You're better. You deserve better. (laughs) (laughs) That should be like your Twitter bio or something. (laughs) Yeah. To all my ladies out there in relationships that make you feel the way I felt writing these songs, dump him. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) That's, I love it
0: person. That's, I love that so much. And yeah, if there's no bed frame, bye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I'm called frames. I will only date men with bed frames.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a really reasonable standard to have, honestly. <laughs> that's
2: so funny. I've never thought of that before. This is great. <laughs> that's not why I'm called frames. <laughs> <laughs> why are you
0: called frames?
2: Okay, this might be my favorite question to answer because it's, it has to do with my favorite person. Um, my best friend that I've known since I was 15, his name is Framers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's I think it's Farah Mars. Uh, mm-hmm. And I he's been one of my biggest supporters and he's my best friend. He's always been really into what I write. We've shared a lot of the same tastes in artists. And when I was thinking about a project name, an artist name, I was just like, this is hard. Like I'm gonna have to commit to this. So it better be something that means something to me and won't ever stop meaning something to me. And I just thought about him. I was like, he he's encouraged me so much and I wouldn't have an ounce of the confidence that I have that I have if it weren't for him. So I was like I should I should do a little something for him. And I, I was thinking either Framer Or frames something that was just like similar to his name, Mm -hmm. and I picked frames. And it's weird because it's really weird tributing something to someone that's still alive. (laughs) Like I don't want it. I don't want people to think like, oh, this is for her friend that passed away. No, he's alive and well. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know why I decided to name it after my best friend, but it just makes a lot of sense to me frames and it sounds great. I like, I like single words, single syllable, easy to hear, easy to spell. Mm -hmm.
0: No, that works out because it's like in a way with your music, you're probably being at least it comes across to me as a listener, like as emotionally and like almost like lyrically intimate as you would be with a close friend in that way. So I feel like that has a nice like poetic way about it.
2: Yeah. And Maybe there's a part of um, what I'm doing with my music that I guess I do want people to feel like my songs are me sharing secrets with them, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than me performing to an audience. It's just like I'm opening myself up to you, just you alone, right now, one on one. And that's what my relationship with Framers is like. He knows things about me that nobody else knows. He's been through things with me and witnessed things with me. That no one else has been through and witnessed. Um, so I feel this like, he's my like person that knows everything, and like I can trust him and I value his opinion so much. So when I write these like really tough, emotional songs, I want it to feel like I'm telling you what I'm going through, so that you can relate with me or like give me feedback.. Mm-hmm.
0: That's special. And I love that you do that. And that's just, that's really cool that you tapped into that as far as your name on top of that too. That's really awesome.
2: It's a pretty cool name because he's a pretty cool person. So. <laughs> Living up to it. <laughs> that's, yeah. so, that's so awesome. I'm glad I I picked a good name like that.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And it's pretty unforgettable. I I've, I've loved being able to like say your project name out loud and stuff. So that's really neat. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Thank you for asking such good questions. I, like, love talking about myself, love sharing my, <laughs> my thoughts, my rambling, fragmented thoughts.
0: I feel that. And, well, in that case, I've got another one for you. <laughs> so, okay. um, as you've put together Kirsten, like, shared it, and maybe even as you're starting to work on this full band project, what are some things that you've learned about yourself as, like, a musician and then maybe as a person throughout the process?
2: Well, I've learned that I'm obviously very self indulgent. And (laughs) when when I feel things, I lock into those feelings. And I'm like, I'm going to feel this all the way through. um, And no one's going to stop me. No one's going to slow me down. But at least I'm an expressive and articulate person. Mm. So you will always know what's on my mind. Um, I'm bad at like, subtlety and hinting i'm pretty brutally direct with how i feel so i've i've seen that now looking back on my songs i'm like wow i'm kind of rude with my emotions i just like (laughs) shove them in people's faces i don't really consider if they care or if they're ready or if they're in the right headspace or whatever Mm -hmm. i'm just like this is how i'm feeling and you have to feel it with me too I mean, you could you can get away with that definitely
0: with music, though, because a lot of people are choosing to experience those feelings and stuff.
2: Yeah, I've I really, I think it's funny whenever I hear any rhetoric or, like, people talking about the, like, singer syndrome, how, you know, singers and songwriters are, like, the front person of a band tends to be, like, really egotistical and all about themselves, and it's, like, well, yeah, we're writing about our our own personal experiences and we're performing to people. Like, we kind of have to be a little self-absorbed and, and self-centered. Not to say that, like, uh, I have a huge ego. I mean, I guess I do. But you kind of have to think about yourself a lot and, like, live in your own head to write music and to perform it for people. Because if you were a normal selfless person that was a good listener and bad talker, you wouldn't be able to (laughs) write anything. Yeah. You have to have the confidence to open
0: up in that way too. It's like, it's confidence. It's the willingness to like share so much of yourself. Not everybody is like that. And it's, it's honestly a quality that I admire a lot. I think it's important, especially as an artist to be able to like put everything out there and feel comfortable enough with it. That, you know what, this is my voice, my experience, and
1: you're,
0: you're choosing to hear it at that point as a listener.
2: Yeah. If I'm putting my stuff on display, I mean, and you're enjoying it, you don't get to tell me that I'm being uh, cocky because I'm like, well, this is kind of what I do. This is my (laughs) music. (laughs) Right. What do you mean? This is a (laughs) reflection of myself as a person and an artist.
0: Yeah. That's crucial, honestly. And it's great that you are able to do that for sure.
2: Yeah. And I I think that I strongly, I'm one of those people that's like, I can't separate the artist from their art. Mm -hmm. So no matter how good of, uh, no matter how revered your art may be, whatever medium of art that is, if you're a shitty person, then I don't see any value in what you're creating because it's coming from a shitty place. So I think that the product is shitty. And then if I think you're a great person or if someone is a really great person, but their art is kind of underrated, goes unnoticed, I always have more appreciation for those artists Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I know that you're a good person. I know that you live a relatively morally good life, and therefore your art means a lot to me because it's coming from someone who's wholesome and respectable. Right. Yeah, that's meaningful
0: because it's like, you know, that person is for, here's a cheesy way to put it, living their truth in that way. Yeah. They, they're, they're honest, they're truthful, they're giving, you know, they have the better qualities and stuff and they're willing to show that in their way. So that's just as valid and important and sometimes it's even more, so.
2: Yeah, sorry, I gotta go charge my phone, so give me one second. Yeah, no worries. And I'm gonna rotate my camera as well. Okay, cool. We're good.
0: We're okay, good. awesome. <laughs> no worries. Um. So um, with you being able to open up so much of yourself, you're also doing that now while co-writing with a full band. How's that going for you, and what's that experience been like?
2: It's a lot of fun. I actually never thought that I would be able to write with a band because I never really did it growing up. I never, like, learned it mm-hmm. starting out as a songwriter. So I, I just felt like, no, my, my songs are too personal and I'm a very (laughs) controlling person. I would want to have like full and final creative control over my songs. Um, I wouldn't know what to do if someone was like, Oh no, like, I don't like this part or I don't like this lyric. And that's what's really great about my band is that they're all pretty like easygoing dudes. They're just like, we're writing on top of what your no one to write. And I, th- I think that they understand how much my songs mean and how much this project is very personal to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So not to say that they're just passengers, like I view them as equal parts of frames. Um I'm just really lucky that I get to write with people that are very agreeable and easygoing.
0: Yeah that makes it nice cuz then it's like you know they get to be just as much a part of the experience and you have that kind of like comfort of being able to kind of just fully express and do the creativity that you would always do.
2: Yeah um my lead guitarist Carter he he's a really good writer and singer himself and I keep telling him I'm like you've got to you've got to start a song one of these days because currently every frame song is a song that I write and then show the band and they, you know, fill in their instruments part. They, they write over it. They'll make small suggestions. We rearrange parts uh, however we see fit, but Carter and I have such similar taste in music and um, stylistically write very similarly that I'm like, I feel like Frames is just as much his uh his alley, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if he were to fully write a song that was just his song, you wouldn't know the difference.
0: That's awesome. Cause then that just goes to show like the way that your creativity will mesh at that point.
2: Yeah, it's really I really lucked out um getting fanmates that are good friends Mm -hmm. and like our energy and humor is the same our style and taste is the same um and we want the same things and they get how I'm like this is all about me this is the me show watch me cry (laughs) they get it they're like oh she's she's crying again
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey you always need good supporters for that good cry that's for sure
2: yeah I think um I think the next time I go through something like traumatizing or heartbreaking they're going to be like all right fellas 10 new songs
0: <laughs> get ready we got some parts to write. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's awesome when you have those kind of people who are supporting you. That's awesome. Um what are some things that you want to accomplish as a band this year?
2: Well, we all want to tour very badly. We we're all in this to play i mean we just want to write and play music that some people out there like and it'll make us happy and feel comfortable with ourselves you know to be like hey this is something that i'm proud of please indulge please uh, validate me please clap so we all really want a tour we want to sorry we all want to put out more music we're supposed to be recording soon oh awesome Um, we're going to be doing a full length, and I'm pretty nervous because we are giving ourselves a very short amount of time to do it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully um, there will be a full length album in the near future.
0: That's exciting. Well, congrats, and that'll be really awesome. You'll have to keep me posted. So that way we can promote that because I'm excited for what you put together as kind of like your next phase of Frames.
2: I think frames phase two is going to be pretty big because frames phase one was me by myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't, um, I was still the only part of frames up until the EP came out. Everything is everything with the new songs um, and new members is like really, really new and recent. That's
0: awesome. And that'll be great for you to have for like a full length record. I can't wait to hear it. That's for sure.
2: Thank you. It'll be it'll be fun. I think you'll like it. If you liked if you liked the EP, you mm-hmm. should like the new stuff. It's it's a lot more like empowering, angsty twenties female type stuff.
0: Hell yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> awesome. Um, so one of the questions I kinda like throw in kind of toward the end of an interview is uh if you could play a show with any three bands or musicians that can be currently active or you can bring them back from the
2: dead, who would it be? Okay. I guess this is where I get to manifest my goals and dreams. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Being one of uh, my favorite personal bands and like one of the biggest influences on my music. I would love to play with now. Now, like, Old Now Now was amazing. And I was a fan of that when it was around. And then new Now Now, which sounds nothing like the old stuff, is also good, equally good. Not like not like almost as good or like maybe it's better. It's just apples and oranges, both fantastic sounds. And both old and new Now Now have influenced me personally and my songs. I would love to play with them. I, I think so I've said that like a million times. Um, another band that I have looked up to as a musician, not as big as Now Now, but I think they're pretty big. Um, a band called Gleamer. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah. They're great. I probably, I like wore myself out listening to them um, forever. And let's see, third artist. I don't know. I try not to think about this because I get sad thinking about it not happening, but we've got now, now we've got Gleamer. (sighs) Fuck it. Hilary Duff, take me on tour. (laughs) You're that much closer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hilary, please. That would be amazing. Have her husband play too. I would love to do a duet with Hilary Duff. Just like, wow, you raised me. Did you know that? Did you know that you raised me? (laughs) Oh my
0: gosh, that would be incredible. Well, all the vibes in the universe for this shit to happen because I think these are really awesome artists that you picked and you never know. I'm always floored by the opportunities I see a lot of people get in independent music that they didn't, they themselves couldn't have imagined. So I hope all the awesome things happen for you.
2: I hope so, th- so too. And thank you for hoping that for me, for us. It's a whole band thing. I keep saying me and I and myself, but it's like, we are a band now. Frames is a band. I want everyone to know that.
0: <laughs> that's a big takeaway. Well, definitely everybody should support y'all. Um, speaking of which, uh, where can everybody keep up with Frames on the internet?
2: Um, wow. That's why did I blank just now? <laughs> um, <laughs> we have, we have an Instagram and we have um, a Twitter the Instagram is frames RVA and the Twitter is frames vA just one letter different. Um, we're not as active on Twitter. it's more of an obligatory presence uh, but we we're pretty active on the Instagram like any announcements, anything important shows, videos, songs, and sometimes just random content um, and our music is on spotify apple. Pro- probably on YouTube under the wrong artist, I don't know. I think it's only under the correct uh, artist profile on Spotify and then everything else is kinda hard to do, you know, when I'm at this level in the game.
0: It's tricky, but it's awesome you got everything out there, so everybody's gotta make sure that they give you follows, give you listens, all the support.
2: Yeah, I'm a pretty loud person too, so I'm sure some people will hear me shouting just outside. Just go outside, you'll hear me. (laughs)
0: Well, I'll be listening. Thank you so much for joining, Sarah. This has been awesome.
2: Thank you so much. This was really fun.
0: much to sarah for sharing everything that's gone into frame so far and a tease for what's ahead for the band be sure to give her a follow online and stay tuned for more music that's it for this week but you can always keep up with me online follow the podcast on facebook twitter and instagram for regular updates subscribe and follow on apple podcasts spotify podbean stitcher overcast and more want to tell me what you think of the podcast leave a review on any of the apps i'd love to hear from you For more news, thoughts, feels, or just all the podcast episodes, please visit angrygirlmusic.com. If you're interested in pledging your support on Patreon, please feel free to visit the website or at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Every patron gets a shout out on the website and the pod and more. So thank you to the following monthly patrons, Molly, Carly, Kendra, and Sam. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry and share what matters to you and what makes sense to you.
1: Bye for now. We're just going through the motions. I want to make work. You never Take off And I think I should leave It's too early to